Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Nebraska Soccer Talk podcast. I'm your host, Joe Cleary, and this is episode 16. I was out of town for a portion of this week, so this episode is going to be missing any college updates or high school highlights just because I didn't have a chance to collect all of them and and kind of put together a good review, even though there was a lot of stuff that happened. I will be giving a full review of different college program seasons as well as high school highlights in next week's episode, so please stay tuned for that. But this week, definitely enjoy the interview I recorded a couple weeks ago with uh, former Husker and former Millard North player Jalen Armstrong. Uh, her story is great, so definitely encourage all players who want to play at the next level and your parents and coaches and, and anyone who wants to know what it takes to succeed at the highest level um, in college soccer, but also potentially going to play at the professional level and and what that entails uh, to listen to this uh, interview because I think it's it's very informative and Jalen faced some um, adversity in her life as a person and as a player. So definitely check this out and and enjoy. Remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share. And uh, we'll see you all next week uh, with a more full episode. Today, I'm going to welcome on probably the best player that I've interviewed so far, either in the podcast or on this show. Um, definitely the most experienced. Um, she played, sort of grew up playing her soccer in the Omaha area and then went on to play for the Huskers and had a great career with them. So I'm really excited to welcome on Jalen Armstrong. Jalen, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming. Hey, yeah, let's do it. Let's have some fun. All right. We'll get, we'll get right into it then. So... Uh, we talked off air about this a little bit, but you played your youth soccer under Marcus Kelcher at Toro Soccer Club and Elite Girls Academy, which both are now different because it's club soccer and we change all the time. And then you played high school soccer at Millard North. What was the big difference between your club soccer and your high school soccer experience? Uh, it was like night and day different. I mean, um, I mean, still to this day, you have a lot of coaches and club telling you not to go play high school because the level of competition and like the experience of the coaches and, you know, the practices are not going to be top tier. Um, so a lot of us, when I was in high school, looked at it as more of like a break from soccer because you get to just be more with like your friends um, while still competing for something that means a lot. Um, I know when I was in high school, like, we goofed around a lot of the times and I probably would be a better soccer player if I stayed with club, but I think it was nice to have a little mix up and get to experience something different. Whereas the rest of the year you're playing club soccer. So I think they both have their place. Um, it just depends on kind of what you're doing. You got to be smart when you're taking a break from club. You can't just go out and think you're a normal high school student. Right. Right. What was the biggest positive that you took away from your experience in high school? Um, I think it's just learning to, to play with like a different team that doesn't have as much chemistry and like understanding that you don't have to be the most athletic people. You can have some holes on your roster, but 
you know, if you stick to your game plan and you play together and collective, like you can beat anyone. Um, you know, you go to your high school for the most part based on where you live. So it is kind of a random mix. You can, you know, go to a school like Marion where you can opt in to go to that kind of school. But, you know, at Miller North, it's a, it's a public school. So the talent that we got is the talent that we had. There's no just like naturally recruiting players and being right. the best. Um, so when I was at school, it was really fun because you figure out which players have which kind of skills and what they are good at. And you just make sure you focus on those things. Right. And then as far as club goes, you kind of brought this up early or earlier when you said this, how like the training sessions were such high level and the competition was such high level. You won two regional championships at the club level and arguably, actually, I don't think it is arguably like if you go back to the history of Nebraska club soccer, you played on one of, or you played on the best club soccer team to come through the state um, because you won both your club championships before ECNL was really in existence where regional championships were, that was the deal. That was the top prize, the best competition. Do you remember what the competition was like at those events? And then like the national event then? Yeah. Yeah. I always tell people I peaked in like eighth grade. Cause it was just like, the best. <laughs> like winning regionals. Our club team was just so tight knit. Um, yeah, I feel like we were the first girls Nebraska team to ever win regionals because that mm-hmm. was like the highest level. And before that, I think there was one's boys team that had done that. So it was kind of like uncharted territory and we were all just trying to like not get too big um, out of the moment. But I mean, we just as a team love to compete. And I know every weekend we would go, I think it was MRL at the time, you know, you're playing the teams that you play at regionals, you're playing the teams you play at nationals. And it was like terrifying, but so awesome all at once you know I still think about winning regionals probably like once a month just because it was (laughs) such a neat experience to say like you're the best team in the region and like I was going to ODP camps and girls still thought we rode like tractors to school they thought that's all they thought about from Nebraska so you know to go from that to now having teams in ECNL and like being kind of a competitive factor in most major tournaments like it is it's great to see that and I'm glad that we were kind of able to help pave the way for that for the rest of the players yeah I mean Marcus even said that to me on the phone today when I was talking to him is he said that your team was kind of the first like that you you set the table for all these other teams all these other successful teams not just in like Gretna Elite Academy but these other clubs that have had successful teams go on like your your team was the first so you had a ton of success as a youth player high school you won a state championship club you won you won some regional championships and obviously a lot of other things um and you know i learned through reading about you that you also experienced some real life adversity with the loss of your father and i talked to marcus a little bit about that today and it's also something that i didn't personally experience myself but i was adjacent to it with some players at the college level who tragically lost their fathers as well what role did soccer and your teams play in in kind of that time in your life which is obviously an extremely difficult time yeah, yeah, it was definitely weird. So um, we lost my dad my sophomore year of high school. So it's kind of like right when you're just figuring things out. I had just committed to Nebraska. Um, and, you know, Marcus and the, the team was there for me the whole time. We had, uh, I think it was a tournament at Nebraska, uh, actually like a couple weeks after. And, you know, everyone's like, you don't need to come back. You don't have to do this. And my dad was all sports. Like he called Marcus coach. I'm sure he'd still call Marcus coach to this day. <laughs> 
Um, but, you know, it was just kind of like soccer was that thing for me. And my teammates were my second family. And, you know, my dad was in carpool. He was at practice. He was yelling at games like everyone else. So it would have felt wrong to kind of miss any steps from soccer. And as, it hard, as hard as it was to kind of get back to reality, I think, you know, I, I might be in trouble or somewhere else in my life, you know, if I didn't have soccer, because it's just the outlet and it's the place that you can go that will always be the same, even when things in your normal life aren't the same. So like my teammates made headbands for me, my dad, and we all wore them for the next tournament. Um, you know, I've obviously, I've written his initials on my cleats, every, every pair of cleats since then. Um, so it hasn't really left me, but it's nice to know that, you know, I wasn't alone in going through that because my teammates and like Marcus loved my dad just as much. And so, um, it definitely made us closer. And it's one of those things where when that horrible day comes around every year, almost everyone from my club team, even back then still reaches out to me to this day. So there's, that, there's nothing like it. That's really special actually. Cause I know it was, I know it's still raw because it was still such a, I mean, it's such a big loss, but to have your teammates reach out to you is, is a pretty cool thing that still happens. Um, you know, I read a little bit about your commitment story. It was kind of funny reading that. And I think it was in the Lincoln Journal Star or the Omaha World Herald or something. And uh, you committed to Nebraska really early when it was when you were allowed to commit early. Um, and it ended up paying off for you, like not just athletically, but like really like academically and, and your personal life. And but why, why did you end up choosing Nebraska? Why did it go from, yeah, we're just going to go check it out to I'm in? Like, what was the rest of your recruiting process oh, like? Oh, man. Um... Yeah, my parents were so mad at me. So I did like Kansas and Creighton my freshman year of high school just to kind of see what was out there, go to some other camps. And I'm like, yeah, this is cool. It just like didn't feel like I didn't click with it. Mm -hmm. um, and I in high school always thought like every time we'd go up to Husker camps, like the coaches just they didn't click with me. They didn't like me. So I never thought Nebraska was an option. Um, and Marcus had, you know, reached out, asked all of our, our teammates, like, put a list together of your top, you know, 10, 20 schools. And like, I'm going to help you. I'm going to figure out what you need to get your foot in the door. Um, and Marcus knew John pretty well at the time. So um, Marcus, my mom and my dad and I, as a freshman, jumped into our car and drove up there for just kind of like our first visit with John, Coach Walker at Nebraska. I shouldn't say John. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I... I walked around, I toured the facilities, you know, of course my mom is like talking to everyone academically. We stopped by life skills and it was the important, just, the important stuff. Yeah. Like my mouth was just like dropped open at everything and how nice the people were and the fact that everything was so like tight knit at this place. And they really were like, we want you to be a different person academically and like uh, life skills wise, we want you to volunteer. Um, it was a lot less on sports and more like, is this the right university um, for you? And then, you know, coach talked a lot about my style of play and their style of play and where I could fit into the program. And I was like, I, I don't think I could find a better place than this. I had my like individual meeting with coach Walker and I committed on the spot and my mom was like, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, it was, so it was, it was a fun so it was a fun car ride back then. Yeah, yeah, it was <laughs> I don't even remember it. I was like, did I just sign my life away or did I just do something good? You know, cuz you're kind of impulsive when you're a freshman, but yeah. um, you know, there was a couple other people I know that committed early and it didn't play, play out the way they wanted to. Um and it is like 
my biggest thing when I talk to people in high school right now is like getting them to understand how important of a decision it is to choose the school that you want to go to, but also play sports in because you need to make sure, you know, you think about, do I want to be close to home? Do I want my parents to go to all of my things? Do I want that distance? Do I need to be like pushed out of the crib? Do I care about what my major might be? Do I care about, you know, volunteering? Um, is this program going to fit my style of play? All of those things. You can't just think like, oh, am I going to get the most clout if I go to this division one school? Like it's such a small piece. If you care more about like the social stuff, you're going to have to go, you know, maybe to a different kind of division or something, but yeah. um, you got to find the school that checks all the boxes for you. I, yeah. I've always said that whether I was a club coach or a college coach. So that's good to hear it from a player perspective. And I'm glad that's something that you're still like putting out there that mm -hmm. how important of it is to when you're looking for a college. Yeah. Um, so let's fast forward a little bit into your career as a Husker. You're at Nebraska and you have a great freshman year individually. Um, maybe not the record that the team wanted, but you were an all big 10 freshman team player you started all 20 games in the defense were you like what were your what was your feeling like when you were doing that were you just like were you like this freshman that had all the confidence or what how were you when you were around the team oh man um I was terrified like, <laughs> well, from the moment that I put my first like practice shirt on I was like in over my head you know I felt like a little kid and like playing in the big kids place and you know, it just comes at you fast, but if you're ready, like your coach is going to tell you. And if your coaches believe in you and your teammates believe in you, then like you have nothing to worry about. Um, we played South Dakota my first game at South Dakota. And I remember sitting in the locker room, just like staring at the wall. And um, our assistant coach, Peter Underwood, came up to me and he's like, well, let's go outside and talk. And I'm getting goosebumps thinking about this. Um we just like went outside and he was asking me like where my head was at. And he pretty much said the same thing I just said. He's like, you know, a coach isn't going to put you in a situation if he doesn't feel confident. And if he's feeling confident in you and um, my roommate at the time was also a freshman, Katie, she started. And then one of my other teammates who was coached by Marcus, Caroline was starting too. So it's kind of us three. And they're like, you guys are the real deal. Like you won't start as a freshman unless you earn that credit. Um, so I think not thinking about the moment and letting it be too big, but, you know, trusting the process and that everything you've done up to that moment was all for this reason. Yeah. And I, and you brought up someone who I, I, I had admired as a coach um, and that was coach, coach Underwood and obviously a tough, a tough loss there for the program and for the players. Uh, what type of coach was he? Uh, because I think that, I think that some, I think that some, people don't know like a lot of the younger players maybe don't know who he was but he he he's a big part of Nebraska soccer still to this day yeah Peter was um Peter was like the ultimate coach like he would get on you if you were doing something that you weren't supposed to he would jump in and play alongside of us um he actually had like a huge hand in building the Hibner Stadium at Nebraska and like every little detail he was so excited about like the jerseys, putting these little logos on the bottom of our jerseys, like it was just all details with Peter. And, you know, he had two little baby kids. He had, he had a wife, he had dogs. Like he was always at the stadium. Anything you needed from him, he would be there. He'd be taking video for you. He'd be, you know, going over film. So he was someone that it was 
really, really, really tough to lose, um, especially unexpectedly. But, you know, he's, I don't think there's any person that has ever come across Peter that has said their life hasn't been changed for the better. Um, yeah. I only had, I only had one interaction. I only had one interaction with him and it was great. And, and I'm glad, and I'm glad that the program and the, and the coaching staff, they still do, you know, they still, they still have a, a place for him in the program and like in, in memory of that. So mm-hmm. I, I really think that that's great and important. And uh, so moving into your sophomore year, um, a really good season for you all as a team, kind of a tough up and down season for you because I, I couldn't find what happened, but I know you had a mid season injury. They, that's all the press describes it as in any, yeah. anything. So, um, um, but but you, but you, you got to be a part of two Big Ten titles, you know, regular season and conference yeah. tournament. What was it like having to fight through an injury, and that, but also like the low of an injury, but also the high of being a conference champion? Yeah, it was probably the craziest year like I've ever had. Like it was just such a transformational year, and you know, we from the beginning, the team we had that year was just different. Um, the spring leading up to my sophomore year, so my freshman year, still we started cheering like big 10 champs at the end of every huddle break. And we like actually believed it. Um, we were picked to be like, <laughs> we're from the bottom in the big 10, like what a joke, you know? And we took that to heart. And um, I had, I had two concussions that season. So like, okay. I had one and I tried to rush back and got another one the next game. And so they're just like, you know, even if you don't feel that bad, like having two in back-to-back weeks is not good. <laughs> So um, I did have to sit out for, for a couple weeks, but we also had some really key players get hurt. So I kind of kept it in perspective, like, you know, I'm all right. I can come back this season. Whereas, you know, like my roommate at the time had torn her ACL. And I could never imagine that because I've never gone through that. Um, so I think, you know, I was probably pretty grumpy for about a week, you know, going from <laughs> starting all, all the time to, you know, getting hurt and, the team starts playing really, really well. And coach is just honest with you saying like, you know, if you get hurt, you're not going to lose your spot, but like, you know, we're playing really well. Why would we mess this up? And from that point on, I was like, you know what? Yeah, this is not a me thing. This is a we thing. Like if I go out and play good and we lose because I throw off the chemistry, like what's the point? Like, I'm not going to be like, Oh, Hey, look at my stats. Like that's cool. You know? So um, I figured out how to be a good role player. You know, I still got, quite a bit of minutes I hurt my yeah. at some point in there I looked I looked and you were still like even at the end of the season in the conference tournament you were still coming off the bench and playing like 55 45 55 60 minutes a game so it's not like you were like this bit player you're still very much a contributor just it's probably hard to go from starting and playing almost every minute to to that yeah but so I'm a big proponent of like our team stands on the sidelines we don't sit because mm-hmm. teams that are standing are more engaged um there were plenty of times where when I started and was on the field, like people from the bench would save my butt because there'd be like a streaking forward behind me and someone would tell me right shoulder or left shoulder. So even if you're not physically on the, on the field as like the starting 11 or the playing 11, like you're contributing just as much as everyone else, because, you know, if the other team's bench is sitting and isn't engaged, like that's going to give you an extra person, extra eyes on the field. So yeah, you might not say I started this game, but like if your team wins, that's literally all that matters. So um, it was a good a good lesson for me that year, um, but really fun to win the, the two titles that year. Right. And I actually like that you brought up the standing thing because it's it's a soccer coach. Twitter is like 
one of the dumbest Twitter atmospheres sometimes on the planet. And this, this debate comes up like four times a year. Like why do college and, and you know, why do college teams have their kids stand? And, and like when I was coaching at Wayne state, I didn't have, I didn't force my players to stand. I always said, it's up to you. And that was a choice that they made because of what you said. They felt more as a team. They felt more engaged. If someone needed to sit down because they were tired coming off the field, of course they would do that. But like, so it's always good to hear from a player perspective because I think sometimes as coaches, we we make these hypothetical arguments and we argue back and forth with each other instead of just asking the people who actually matter, which is the players. Yeah. So, so thank mean, you for your input on that. Yeah, I probably didn't say that every day, but, you know, looking back at it and once I finally realized it, um, you know, it makes a lot more sense because you're going to be withdrawn and like sitting there, like picking your nail or something if you're sitting down. But if you're standing, like you're there, you're engaged. So I can see both ha- uh, both sides to that coin. But um, yeah, I like I like standing. Yeah. So after that year, you were a mainstay in the lineup for the final two years. Uh, you all hovered around the 500 mark. Um, even with the games you missed due to injury as a sophomore, you were you're still like quite a ways up there in minutes played in Nebraska history and appearances for Nebraska is really impressive because you miss a chunk of games. Um, and now you're coming back to play for you're coming out of retirement kind of, cause yeah. you, I know you're playing adult league stuff. You're coming back to play for GEA this summer. What is some advice you would give to players or even players, parents on how you were able to stay mentally and physically fit through this long of a career? Cause you haven't just had, uh, physical trials. You've obviously had mental trials outside of soccer, but even in soccer, I mean, being a college soccer player can be mentally draining. So like, what's some advice you'd give to players and parents on how to stay, stay fit and, and, and mentally and physically healthy through, through your career? Yeah. And I, I think a lot of this too, is what I'm hoping to talk to some of the girls on the team when we play, because there are things that I wish like I knew sooner or someone had talked to me about sooner. Cause I feel like I figured things out too late to where like it was I think my junior year I would say I kind of figured it out and I'm like man I wish I would have known this sooner Um, (laughs) I mean you obviously have to take care of yourself like mentally and physically but it's like finding out what that is to you I think when you all you do is play club and like soccer is year-round you can start to get burnt out Um, and so it was kind of the same in college where you know your coaches are encouraging you to go in and like kick a ball around in your own free time Um, and coach Walker would say like, use soccer as your escape. And I think a lot of us were thinking like, yeah, well, I'm coming to practice every day. Like that's, that's all that matters. But, you know, eventually my teammates and I started playing soccer tennis and we'd play like wall ball with soccer balls. We'd work on our volleying, things like that, where you'll, you'll be in class thinking about how you wish you were playing soccer with your friend. It doesn't have to be one V ones and competitive. Anything soccer. At FIFA, we had an Xbox in our locker room, like we'd play FIFA. It's just being around the game that is like, you know it, you could play it in your sleep, like enjoying it and like put some music on, have fun. It doesn't always have to be about like, I need to go 100 miles a minute because that's going to burn you out. And I think, you know, the year, my sophomore year, my freshman summer, we spent all summer playing soccer tennis and working on our volleys. And we came in that fall, like ready to go. So you can have fun. And you can get touches. It doesn't have to be like this insane thing where you're like, I don't want to go play soccer. Like you should love to go play soccer. I agree. You should always want to go. So kind of dovetailing off that question, 
on your best days. These aren't my words. This is Coach Marcus Kelcher's words. He'll say that you are the best player. So on your best days, you're the best player he has ever coached, which is really high praise because he's coached. I mean, I know you were a good player. I've seen, I've seen, I've seen you play. I've seen the videos of highlights and stuff. Um, but he's coached a lot of good players. So what advice would you what what advice like we kind of talked about that you're going to talk to some of the younger players about but what advice would you give to even younger players so maybe and even like their parents that they could pass on to the players um like your like high school and youth club players of what they can do when they look and they were like i want to be like Jalen. like i want to go play for the huskers i want to i want to have a chance to play professionally like what 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 should they do now as younger players i would say I mean, soccer is a very competitive sport. I'm like the most competitive person I know, but like I'm never satisfied. I feel like I'm, I love the game so much that I always know I can do better um, and not being like, okay, being a starter. Like my goal was always to be like, I want to be the best one on the team. I want the other team to have to scout me. Like I want it to be that. I want to be um, the best player in the conference this year, those types of things. And then you start thinking like there's someone else out there that has that exact same goal. And what am I going to do to be different from them? You know, cause it's like in college, um, coach Walker always said, you know, every team is out here practicing. Something special, yep. do something uncommon, do the things no one wants to do, like put in extra sprints, like take an extra ice bath, do those things. And I think, that's just something that's always been within me is to like not be satisfied and, you know, play like you're under a microscope. Like someone's always watching you, whether you have a bunch of fans or, you know, you're playing a COVID game in an empty stadium, like it's all the same. All yeah. that matters is like how you prepare and got ready for that moment. Um, and, you know, if you lose your starting spot, use that as fire. Don't get mad. If you're not a starter, don't think it's like you're entitled to have that spot. There's clearly something you need to work on. So, I think, you know, practicing like, you know, this practice might be my last or like this game might be my last because like I can say from experience, like you'll blink and college is over. So mm -hmm. I think, you know, with the the social media that everyone has now is kind of like my biggest pet peeve. You know, you mm -hmm. can post a picture of yourself in a soccer uniform without anyone going to the game. They're going to say you're the best player. You're awesome. You're so cool. But like you earned none of that. So people kind of come in, I think, in college thinking like it's going to be all fun and games and like you're going to have all this awesome clout. And it's like, no, like you start <laughs> ground floor, work your way up. Like no one cares about your Instagram followers. Like you're, you're here to get an education and you're here to win soccer games. So I think it's just not thinking you're too good and, you know, you can always get better. Yeah. And that, that's great advice. And I, I like that. That was what coach Walker said. And that, that, that the same mantra that you believe in is setting yourself apart. Cause I, when I was coaching in high school or college or club and I hear players all the time, I work hard. Well, shoot at, at some level, everyone works hard. We all work mm -hmm. hard. So it's like, yeah. uh, you gotta do something different. So I like that, that, that was the message. Um, and that's, that's something that you take into your everyday life. Like the reason I have my job now, I didn't have any skills. I didn't go to, to college to do this. Like they liked my work ethic and the skills that I was, you know, gaining as an, an athlete because mm -hmm. I knew how to work hard. And so every day, you know, people might be like, oh, I can't believe you do this. You go the extra mile. And I'm like, I just thought like, 
you know, if I was on the other end, I would want that from someone. So like, it seemed like second nature and for people to be thanking me for doing something like that. I'm like, that is, that is all soccer. That is not normally me. Well, and yeah, I, so I'm at Iowa Western now and we were doing a registration push to register students for the next semester. And they became a, they'd be like, all right, we're going to make it a friendly competition. And I was like, well, I'm going to win this. Cause like, I just, ha I have to win this. Yeah. And, and I did win it. And like, people were like, what is your deal? And like, why are you getting so excited about this? I was like, why not? <laughs> I'm not yeah. I'm trying to win here. Um, yeah. So speaking to like the highest competitive level and the most like is you had the opportunity to go to both Houston dash and NC courage training camps, but mm -hmm. you have ultimately decided not to continue pursuing a professional career and, and that's not because you can't by all accounts of like coach Walker, Marcus, like everyone who, who knows what it takes to play at that level. I'm sure yourself too, like you could have done it. You could still probably be doing it. What kind of led to that decision? Yeah, that's like probably one of the hardest times, you know, I think with soccer being a fall sport in college, um, a lot of girls kind of get in this weird spot where, okay, season's in the fall and then the draft is in the spring. So if, if you are on track to graduate in four years, which is really hard to do, and I was on track to do, you basically have to like stop school and go play. And for me, I was like, you know, what? I'm going to graduate in four years while playing soccer. Like that's huge. Like it's a huge accomplishment, huge accomplishment. Yeah. I wanted to say I could do that. And you know, sports aren't always going to be there. And I've heard a lot of stories of people just focusing so much on their athletics that they, don't prepare themselves enough for the real world. And so I wanted to graduate and I wanted to get like job experience. So I like quit soccer, didn't do the draft. I was like, no more. I want to just be a human. Um, and, you know, six months later, I had already graduated. I had that internship and everyone at my internship was like, you need to go play soccer. Like, I, even if I don't have the what if, they're like, we'll have the what if. <laughs> and I was like, you're right. Like I did all the things that I was worried about. You know, I still feel very fresh. So um, I actually was training with one of Marcus's teams while I was working in Omaha. Um, and then after that summer, moved back to Lincoln, started working as a barista. Um, and Coach Walker got an opportunity to go down to Houston. And the coach was not really – he wasn't really looking for new players. He was looking for bodies for training camp. Gotcha. So I stayed there for two weeks and I was like, I know from day one that this wasn't going to be a thing. Like it yeah. just was like focusing on their starting 11. Um, and then I got another opportunity to go out to North Carolina and it was just like the best experience ever. Love the city, love the team, love the coach. Um, so I was out there for the second half of training camp and I actually, I scored our only goal against when we played North Carolina, the courage, um, oh. our heels. So I was like, I, yeah, I got scored. Um, I mean, that's a good thing to go out on, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, they um, brought me in at the end of training camp, and they're like, we just want, you know, we want to look at you a little bit more. We want to keep you here. And I was like, I don't I don't think so. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. I just – to to play women's professional sports is not at all what people think. And seeing that and seeing players having a full-time job and, like, your family supporting you. Um, you know, I was just like, I know I'm good enough. Like I can play with all these players here and the coaches are telling me I could play here, but it just wasn't for me. Like I had dogs, I had moved into a house. I was getting married. Like I was excited for the next chapter of my life mm -hmm. and knowing that I could play was enough for me. 
And I think that's where it gets really tough right now is because like, even when I'm playing and I don't want to like try to brag myself here, but people constantly are like, why don't you play pro? You could. And I'm like, I know I could. (laughs) It's not about that. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, I, I'm still playing soccer. I have so much more to do with my life. Like if you want to play pro, go for it. I think you should explore it, but also understand like, it's not like you're playing in the NFL where you're getting millions of dollars. Like it is, it is a sacrifice almost to have to play. And I just, you know, I love the game, but I was excited to see what was next. Yeah. And the NWSL, like anyone who does any research knows that the, the, even the top players aren't making top, like they're not making top dollars. So if you're, if you're coming in at the lower end, you have to have a full-time job or, or something, you know, like you said, family supporting you. And it's almost like, I think that if that doesn't change, I really do think you're going to see a growth in some of these teams, like the GEA UWS teams or the WPSL, because people are like, women are still going to want to play and still move on with the the rest of their lives Mm -hmm. without feeling like they have to have this extra commitment and be financially, you know, in trouble. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think, uh, but you know, Selfishly, we're glad you're not playing pro because you're going to be on the the, the GEA team. So, um, well, everyone's asking me if I'm going to play pro after this. I'm like, why can't I just, you know, do what I want? You know, some people play <laughs> soccer. Some people play soccer for fun. Some people play as a means to their education, and some people play with the end goal to play pro. And for me, I was just like, maybe I'll play pro. I don't know. I'll entertain it. Maybe not because it it was such a new league when I was coming into college that like I didn't know anyone until my sophomore year and two of my teammates went to play in Houston. Like you just didn't have that as an example. It was national team or nothing. So, you know, maybe if I was growing up now, I might have different aspirations to play pro, but like, I don't know. Well, and, and I mean, between you and your husband, you're probably fielding those types of questions all the time. (laughs) Like, it's like that, that has to be like the, the, the probably, the most annoying conversation topic of conversation that constantly comes up from people. But so my mom played college basketball. She's in like the hall of fame at her best uh, at her school. And she could have gone on to play in like the WNBA, but it was very similar. Like mm-hmm. it's just, it's gotta be all or nothing. And if you're one foot in one foot out, you're not going to like it. You're, you're not going to have a good time. And I think, you know, I had the rest of my life to be a normal human. And I tell people every day, you know, if I would, if I could do deep sixes and run fitness instead of like working right now, I would, but it's only in college, like college. Soccer <laughs> is so special. It's the yep. next level when you have to be an adult and play soccer that I'm like, mm. pass. Yeah, so, all right. Well then moving the last soccer specific question I have for you. And then I'll, I have a couple fun follow-up questions. Um, are you excited about, I mean, I can tell that you're excited about this summer. I shouldn't, I don't even have to ask that. Um, but what are you hoping to get out of this experience and what are you hoping to give to others in this experience? Cause I think that you, I think that you have the potential for both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I keep telling people it's kind of like my last hurrah, you know, in playing, you know, co-ed adult rec leagues, it's really fun. And like, I've made a lot of really good friends, but I miss playing like with competitive women where you're just kind of like at the same level and it's really cool to kind of have that talent locally. Um, so I'm excited just to, you know, go against other States because who doesn't want to be the best in your region? Like it's all about that competitiveness. Oh, every, um, every player I've talked to wants to win the con- the central conference yeah, and then go win yeah. in the national ter- championship. Like why yeah, not? I'm all, I'm all for it. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm getting a little bit older, so 
it would be really cool to go in and be like, yeah, I'm, I'll be 27 at the time, but like just as fresh as the rest of you girls in college, like I might have like a bad back or a knee or something, but <laughs> really, it'd be really fun. But I also really want to help the girls that are there that have aspirations to, to go on and play next level or are still in college because, you know, I've, I've been there, I've done that. I've seen the, the skill at both levels and I wish someone had told me the things that I know now um, if those were the things I was wanting. So, um, you know, coaching while I'm out there, but just trying to make the team better as a whole, because, you know, there's nothing I love more than soccer. And the fact that soccer is the level that it is now is like so awesome. And I want to do whatever I can to continue to help it grow here locally. That's awesome. That's great. So we're excited to have you on the team and I'm excited to watch you play. Um, and I'm excited to watch you play with these players too. So my last two questions. So I'm kind of, I'm not a foodie, but I do like going out to eat in Omaha. That's one of my favorite parts about living here now is the different restaurants. What's your favorite place to go eat in Omaha? Oh man, it's hard because I live in Lincoln. Oh yeah, that's right. You live in Lincoln. I would say, so people would hate me if I said like Chipotle or Hoo Hot. So I'm not going to say that, but like (laughs) my family goes to Maria's a lot. It's like a restaurant down and I think it's in like Ralston or Papillion. So that's kind of like, if it's someone's birthday, we'll go to Maria's. What's your place in Lincoln then? Um, That's we go to Misty's a lot. I know it's okay. not local to Lincoln, but that's kind of like, that is not a place, but we, we mostly just eat at home now because COVID. Yeah. That's I got, I got to be a way better cook over this last year. Yeah. Yeah. Lots because of dishes. I was like, yeah, lots of dishes. Yeah, yeah. Lots of dishes. My, I think that's my girlfriend's least favorite part is how many dishes I make when I cook. So, um, and I don't want to keep, I already kept you longer than I wanted to, but I really appreciate it. But I have to leave you with this last question. Cause I know what you're going to go do after this. Who do you got in tonight's game? Oh man, I really wanted UCLA to be in this game, but um, <laughs> what a game! I, I just want it to be a good game, and I know that's such a cop out of an answer. I all the teams that I wanted to win are like out, and I think it'll be a good game either way. I think I want Baylor because everyone's expecting Gonzaga to win, but um, it's just funny how the tournament went, and now there's two number one seeds. Yeah. And it's, it's, I, I agree with you. I do hope it's a good game because like the Gonzaga UCLA game was so good. It was mm-hmm. so good. And you just don't want to follow that game up with just a stinker of a championship yeah. game. So. Yeah. There's been way too many tournaments across many sports where it's like the game in the semis was better than the final. So um, I don't know. I'm just, I'm such a sports junkie that that's like all I watch all the time because it's unscripted. Like Mar- Mar- Marcus literally described you as a sports junkie earlier. Today. <laughs> like that exact quote. I so. have like all these trophies and stuff behind me too. And I'm like, I'm not even shy about them. Like I, all the sports all the time. It's- okay. I, then, I, then I do have, fine. I have, I have to ask one more question. Who's, right. more com- who's more competitive, you or Tommy? Oh God, we argue about this. <laughs> we argue about who's more competitive and like we will get in shouting matches. And I'm like, I can't, I'm not wrong. I... <laughs> There are some board games that we cannot play because oh boy, I can't even imagine. I will be grumpy. I would say I I can um I can lose and be upset but still be happy. If I beat him in something, like I have a problem of like bragging and never letting you live it down. So he knows how torturous it's gonna be. So he's probably more of a sore loser because I'm a sore winner. <laughs> 
so I, I don't really help, but um, yeah, I'm fearful for whenever we have kids because I'm like, we're just going to have more yelling and competitiveness and family fights over like a game of Monopoly or something. Yeah, I mean, I uh, there was a family I coached that had, they were big into hockey up in North Dakota and they have like an ice rink out in their, their backyard. And it was like, that was how they were. It was like just uh-huh. arguments and fights and competitiveness and just, yeah. but it's good. So Jalen, thank you so much. This was a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to yeah. staying in contact with you over this summer and watching you play. Uh, I hope people come out and watch you play and the team play because I think it's going to be a cool experience, especially because we haven't been, we've been without live sports where we've been able to come in person for so long. So like now to be able to come out to the games, it'll be great. So thank you again. And uh, we'll talk soon. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's been fun. And that is this week's Nebraska soccer talk podcast. I apologize for the lack of college and high school scores and updates and everything like that i was out of town for a portion of this week Um, so next week we'll have a more of a normal episode a return of the college updates because we have some we have a lot of college programs with their seasons ending um some happier uh, not happy about it but some more satisfied about their results this spring than others and then we also have the lead up to districts coming up for high school soccer so we'll definitely get some updates there um Thank you for listening and everyone have a great week.